All right. Hi, everybody. This is Andy, uh, of course, because that's the only person on this podcast. And we have John Bertan, our first guest ever on uh, Crone Country Farms podcast. Um, all right. So live in a new studio. Yep. Oh, I need to be really close to the microphone. So, um, yeah, I was running and I was thinking, you know, if we, everybody does these podcasts for um, advertising and uh, followers and influencing and, and be a bullshit. So, um, yeah, I was thinking it would be a good um, historical record of events that were uh, big for myself and for people I run with. And um, last August, August 14th, 2021, uh, John Bertan did the Castle Peak 100K uh up in the Sierras. So uh, here we are. Um, maybe we could start with um, maybe your lead up to the race, John. You're, you're sitting right next to the blanket too. That was the the race swag. <laughs> oh, sweet! It's like a Mexican. Bl- it's like a Mexican blanket. Um, lead up to the race. How? how talk far about training. Let's lead. talk about training. training. Like uh, talk like I don't know. Two months up to the race. It's all about vert. I think uh, the training part coincided with your. It was a challenge you posted on Strava, where I think you put in as many zeros as you could. Uh, you posed the challenge a million feet of vert uh, in July, but you said Strava wouldn't allow you to put a million, so it was a hundred thousand <laughs> feet of vert. <laughs> and I thought you were actually serious, so I started doing it. So I try to get. You know, five thousand feet a day. If yeah, not you're more. killing it. You're- yeah, re- repeats with the the trekking poles, up and down and up and down in July. <laughs> so that that was probably the the first real serious training for Castle Peak. Though I made a New Year's resolution to myself. That was a fake New Year's resolution uh, last year, which was run a marathon every month. We did one. Yeah, we I uh, did January or February. Yeah, we overlapped it. That was the, I want to say Volta. What was the street? Santa Venetia on Vendola Drive. Vendola, yeah. 22 laps of the 1.2 mile course. That was was really good. Friday afternoon, a little windy. I just, I really liked the pace on that. And I liked that it was kind of a spontaneous thing. It wasn't this big organized event with lots of people. and um, Two people. Yeah, (laughs) just John and I. Um, and so you did one every, a marathon every month for twenty twenty one. I tried to hold to that. Well, somebody had asked me at the end of 2020, do you have a New Year's resolution for the year? And they knew nothing about my running habits or problem. So I said, yeah, I think I'm going to try to run a marathon every single month, knowing that I get in 22 miles or so every month. Um, I thought, oh, I'll just hang on a little longer for each of those runs and I'll get a marathon. And usually in normal times, there'd be like a race calendar. So leading up to some kind of summer hundred. So I thought, okay, this is just my resolution to keep doing what I normally do. But I played it up and the person I was talking to was like, oh my God, wow, that's that, that's so amazing. And I was like, yeah, 26.2 miles every month. I think I can do it. But then I was like, I should just try to do that. So on New Year's Day, I did a 26 from my house to the big rock towers and back and just 
February was number two. Um, that was with you. And uh, just kept doing something long. I did fall off the wagon in September. but We all fall off the wagon sometimes. That's right. But uh, I looked at it as going back to the lead up to Castle Peak. Castle Peak's lead up was I had signed up in 2019. And I couldn't do it. Oh, there was a it. deferment, right? Oh, there was a multiple year deferment. I signed Be- up in 2019. Because of COVID, yep. Well, no, 2019 wasn't COVID. Oh, I signed okay. up for the 2019 Castle Peak. Okay. And I had triple booked myself. I had Castle Peak. I had a wedding to go to and also play in. And I was also in a musical. So I ended up needing to get a sub that night for the musical. And pushed off castle peak so i emailed the race director and said can i push this off to next year he said sure and that was pushing off the 2020 and then came 2020 and so 2021 it was all ready to go so that was when i actually got to to prep and race castle peak so you're not like this isn't your first rodeo you've done a lot of how many hundreds have you done john started seven finished six so just hundred milers are just incredible. I've only done, I've only done a 50 K everybody. So, uh, I don't, I don't know how that is, but you hear hundred K. It doesn't sound that bad. It's only 62 miles. Um, so, uh, this one has a pretty, uh, gnarly reputation. I wasn't fully appreciative of the reputation until, Probably halfway through the race. And you've done UTMB, right? Which is yes. way up, well over 100, right? One. That's advertised as 104. My oh. Garmin, everybody's Garmin says something different. Mine said 109. Okay, I thought so, it was like 112 or 115 or I don't know. I think advertised 104, but you have 34,000 feet of climbing. Um, it's, yeah, up, down, up, down. There's no mountains like that in the U.S. So. All right, so so let's jump forward. We're trying to make this not super boring, but maybe this will be entertaining for us like 10 years from now. Uh, how is this? How is the weather and the the start? How is everything feeling? You know, body wise. I don't know. Body wise, going into it, I was actually feeling pretty good. So I had done attempted your vert challenge. I think I got to 50,000 uh, for the month of July. Um, and then at the... And I, I think, so in 2021, I think I did like a lot of elevation and I did 120-something for the entire year. And you did in one month 50,000. Yes. So that's that's a lot. So I think in 2020, I got somewhere around 450 or closer to 480,000. I got a lot of vert in 2020. And in 20... 2016 was yeah, the, the 530,000, 100 miles of vert. <laughs> um, but I, I get a few hundred thousand of vert each year, usually training for hilly races, steep races. Um, I mean, 100, vert, 100 miles of vert in a year is 1,500 feet a day. So if you did 1,500 feet a day, which in the scope of like running five to seven miles a day. If you have a route that's a hilly route, but not too hilly, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll get that. Um, the 
Yeah, so going back to the lead up to the Castle Peak, in July, after giving up on the vert, I got in a good 30, something more close to 30 miles at the end of the month. And then August, I did the Skyline 50K, a race I hadn't done before. It's in the East Bay. Wait, August? Because the race is August 14th. Yeah, when did, when August, did you do the f- August 1st, I did Skyline 50K. So two weeks as before. A I figure if I'm going to run 62 miles, I should be able to run 30 mm-hmm. miles easy, which Makes was sense. Skyline 50K. It wasn't really hilly. It was only about 4,000 feet, and mm-hmm. that gain and drop out and back in the East Bay from Lake Chabot. Then the week, actually a couple days after that, we got on a plane. We went to Kauai. So it was a family trip we had planned. And I went back to the Nepali coast. I had hiked some parts of it in 2008, and it had been on my bucket list uh, ever since to go do the full Nepali Coast Trail, which is about 11 or 12 miles. And it's uh, up and down um, on the cliff overlooking the ocean pretty much the whole way with a couple of uh, ventures inland. And then it ends at this beach where you can camp. But the only way you can get there is either by boat or by foot on this trail. And there's there's some helicopter landing pads, if you can call them that, just sort of clearings for any kind of emergency on the trail. But it's it's pretty remote, even though you can see all these boats going up and down the coast. And this is like one week before the race. This is the week before the race. Okay. So I wanted to go do that whole trail. And I was trying to figure out exactly when... During that week, I would do it because we had our rental car and my uh, my wife's parents were with us, too, and they had a car. But I didn't want to monopolize the car for a day where, you know, I'd just sort of be ditching the family and going out on an adventure. But but my wife was generous and she's like, you can do this day. Made sense. And even trying to figure out how to get on that trail, get a permit for it. Um 30 days in advance, you were supposed to log on to the website to get a permit to go out and back. And every time I logged onto that website, 30 days in advance at midnight Hawaii time, so 3 a.m. here, it would crash. And then the permits would be all full up. So I said, screw it. I'm not going to bother getting a permit. And some, uh, I guess now they live there, but friends of my in-laws said, oh, you can park at this other uh, county beach and just walk along the beach and go in. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do that. There were signs everywhere that said, turn around, state park property. But it was early enough in the morning that nobody was working. So I just, once I got on the trail, nobody yeah, was going to Pro tip, me. if you want to run somewhere nice, get there really get early. Get there early, yeah. Yep. And so I was just a mile outside the state park and just chugging along just the beach jogging. with my trekking check, check poles yeah. and my gear for the whole day. But... You know, I figured if anybody asked me anything when I was out in the trail, I'd be like, I'm not camping. I'm just out here for the day. Yeah, um, I don't think you broke any rules. Oh, I did. To go to go past a certain point, oh, you need because a permit. you parked? Well, they had all these COVID rules, too, in limited uh. capacity. But I parked at a county beach where there was no fee, and I just kind of wandered along when everybody was asleep and then got on the trail. Went out and back. Um, it was amazing. Um, it, was, it was steep. I think net. Was it humid? Um, it didn't start out that humid. It got humid later in the day and I was expecting some rainstorms. Um, but actually, cause Kauai usually rainy every 30 minutes. Um, but it didn't rain until the afternoon. And actually I was wishing it did because it was most of it, 
until the last two miles in the return, it was pretty hot and dry, uncharacteristically dry. Um, it's kind of like you're crossing over just to the dry side of the island. Well, sort of and what was edge. the total like elevation and total distance on that run? Total distance was, according to my watch, about 25 and a half miles. And total gain and drop, I think, like 6,600. Okay. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, and it's... Good precursor for like a 100K. In, in wet, rugged trail. Yeah. And, and like, we're going to get into it later, but you say rugged trail. Were there large rocks that were... Was it rocks, difficult to stairs, get... stairs. Yeah, um, I'm really glad I brought trekking poles. Um, I brought a... Uh, the For the first time, I was using one of the catadine flasks that had a filter because the water out there is all full of gross bacteria because there's a bunch of feral pigs mm-hmm. going around too. <laughs> um, but I, I had gotten a rundown on it from another local runner, Luis Pena, who has a place up in Truckee and was also planning on running Castle Peak. And he did it the week before. So I saw his post on Strava and was like, all right, Luis, Wait, tell me did everything Wait, he did the I Castle need. Peak 100 the week before? No, no, no. He did the, the Kalalau Trail oh, on the okay. Poly Coast Trail. Oh, got it. I saw he had he just happened to do it the week before, too, on his own solo. And I asked him, I was like, so water and shoes, what should I bring? And, and he told and- me, catadine filter and speed goats. And I said, check and check. Nice. Okay, speed goats referring to Hoka speed Hoka goats. Hoka speed goats. All right, which are, I can I can attest to Hoka speed goats. Pretty pretty good shoes. Okay, yeah, good so let's shoes. let's jump forward. Uh, I was at the start. Uh, John was up there. Uh, so Donner Ski Ranch is up near Donner Pass near Lake Tahoe. Old Donner Pass, old Highway Forty. Old old, old Highway Forty. Yeah, uh, Donner Ski Ranch is the start. So he got up at like four. I don't remember exactly. Start is at five a.m. and I'll I'll let John go f- after the start here, but I'll just say it was really, really cool to see all these people, all this excitement before five a.m. in the morning up in the mountains. It was really, really a nice, cool. Uh, it was no, it was pretty warm. Still, yeah, fourth something in the morning, and it was not uh, cold. It wasn't cold. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't too smoky though, fortunately, because the the smoke was bad. Yes, the day before. Yes, there was a giant fire raging north. Race was almost called, and this race was on a Saturday. Had it been on Sunday, I don't have the PQI. I think that's the acronym. But if it was on Sunday, it would definitely have been called. AQI the day or before. Or AQI, yes, was around one fifty. Yeah. Uh, AQI the day of the race was probably closer to 100. AQI the next morning, I think it was close to 400. And there and there was another runner, uh, what's his name that I know? Uh, I've ran with him before a long time ago. Uh, Crawford was that? Oh, Sean Crawford. Sean Crawford. Yeah. yeah, he had started the race also, and I saw him that morning. Uh, so, yeah. So starts at 5 a.m. and I'll let John go. Uh, we so. start. You start quote running up a ski run. <laughs> it's the main run. It's, at it's a trek, ranch. literally zigzags up the mountain. I, I like how people actually start running up the ski run. Uh, <laughs> it's it's the, the the ultra start is always somewhat comical. It's not like the start of a road race where everybody just is immediately trying and, to. And get I'll full be a little pace. on PC here. I was looking at the people starting. 
and I'm judging them like every other person. I'm totally judging them. I'm like, oh, yeah, they got way too much stuff. Oh, that person looks like they don't really run that much. Oh, oh, this old salty guy in the back, he's just, he knows what he's doing. Oh, every, like, every runner is always doing that. <laughs> so that's what, I, that's what I saw. And, I, and what I noticed was the very back of the group seemed like the most deliberate and like just focused. The people at the front had that anxiety, that like tension, and they were just like, go, go, go. And they're, and they're just burning energy. But what do I know? So that's what well, that's what I saw. There is that anticipation and uncertainty. You don't know what's going to happen in the day. And then another mindset is, well, you know what's going to happen. You're <laughs> going to be putting one foot in front of the other. At times you're going to feel miserable, but you're just going to keep doing it. And you just got to keep it together. And so that's so that's much really respect. It. So much. It got so hot. Why don't you go through like the first, you know, the 20, 30 miles. First. The the first up and over uh, Donner Ski Ranch to uh, Boreal on the other side, we we were catching the morning twilight. So you cross you cross the freeway. We cross under the freeway. Okay. And end up on I don't know who runs the open space, what land authority it is, but you end up in this uh, Castle Peak wilderness. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what the land authority is. It's a but there are a bunch of trails, campsites, primitive campsites, mm-hmm. uh, old cabins uh, around. And we get through, um, cross the freeway, so we're on the north side of 80 now. And we see sunrise, and the sun is blood red. We're just realizing, oh, the air is okay, but it's not, it's just barely okay. <laughs> and, yeah, everybody's still... It shouldn't er, be blood red. No, no. <laughs> And you meander towards, you almost make it towards the Tahoe Donner neighborhood. So you have this stunning view of Donner Lake. You're so going you're going, up, going east. towards you're going the, east towards okay. Truckee. And then you're following, some of them are actually cuts in the, the trees for utility lines, such as like the power lines or gas lines, stuff like that. You know, all the stuff that causes fires. <laughs> and <laughs> you, get back, you get back up to the ridge and you're just staring down at Highway 80. So it remind, it always makes me think about whenever you drive places, you're always staring at the landscape. Most people stare at it from a freeway. Whereas you do these things, you get to get out into those trails and stare back at the freeway. What everybody's wondering when they're looking from their cars, what's up there? Or maybe other people aren't thinking about that. I'm always looking from a car wherever I am going, hmm, are mm-hmm. there trails on top of the mountain? Stuff like, So they're not meant to just be looked at from the freeway. And so we're up on this mountain looking down at all these cars, and I'm just wondering, do they know who's up here at this time? What's going on as people are just traveling, you know, the throughway? And it meanders back to a couple little lakes. And after, this must be about mile 20, maybe getting close to 20, things start to feel a little more real. The sun's a little higher. So the elevation profile uh i looked it up before we talked it's about fifteen thousand. does that sound right For that could be right i don't remember okay. it's what the it's, website says but i, I think it's more like 17 could be um the there's a lot of sections yeah, where the you first drop a thousand was, feet in a mile so was it proportional you know t- so let's say 20 miles and then 
20 to 40 and then 40 to 60 how would you break out the elevation gain and not evenly distributed i'd say the maybe even as close to two-thirds of the vert is done in the first half of the race okay so you get to mile 20 ish and you're descending into the it's this big old big valley that's northeast of castle peak proper and it's remote So you have not climbed castle peak have not climbed castle peak yet and i'm descending into this valley just thinking oh i gotta get back up there but there's a bunch of down and back ups before you go up to castle peak down to these little lakes and i think one of them was called hole in the ground and you're so we go down at the valley and then back up to the ridge and then there is this yeah this must have been the hole in the ground lake and you do this rocky descent really rocky all this loose granite and sierra sand is there scree oh yeah i'm nice just <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of it sounds, and, sounds awful actually and down at the lake at the bottom uh, was a guy that i know who was running the aid station down there which was he had to backpack in he and his wife backed back in with a bunch of gear and we're running that aid station um he the guy running the aid station he was the medical director, maybe still is the medical director for Tahoe Rim Trail 100. Uh, and he's run an aid station there up at Tunnel Creek. And now he's the medical director for Western States, Andy Pasternak. He's a family and I think he's a family and primary care doctor based in Reno. And he lives in Truckee with his wife, who's an anesthesiologist. And it was once I got to the bottom, I was like, I didn't know they were going to be there. So it was, when you see familiar faces like that, that is always refreshing. So it's great to see Andy and Joanne. And then they said, you got to do what everybody else is doing. Go jump in that lake. And it was a full immersion. Just leave everything on and just sort of descend into the lake. It was like a baptism. Wow. And it was so refreshing. Sounds and I awesome. didn't realize it, it was as hot as it was. I wasn't thinking. It was 90s. It was easily 95. Yeah, it's dry like heat. Like at the, at the, so the top of the like you 2 o'clock. I guess I don't notice it when I'm running as, oh, my God, it's hot. I notice it as I'm sweating more than I should be, in this, but I'm still dry. It was that dry Sierra heat. So, And did you have enough water? Because I, hot, I even, with water. A, even with a, a camelback, like, okay, I feel, I feel silly even comparing this, but I did a 50K, just a silly 50K. And Not I drank silly. the whole bladder, Not silly. like in between like eighteen and and I don't know twenty six, and I drank it in like five miles, like and I had like sixty ounces. The water needs depend on you. It depends on the conditions. It depends on so many things. One thing I do know are my water needs. I'm always good about maintaining my hydration and checking. Okay, is my pee the right color? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the food. When it gets hot, you don't want to eat. My, I don't even notice it. I have to consciously pay attention. But if I if I'm not paying close attention, I will overlook that I'm putting off eating. Because when you're when you're hot and when you're starting to overheat, you don't want to direct any resources towards digestion. Yep. So forcing yourself to eat, but I, none of that was really an issue. I guess it'll be for me. I was eating. I was keeping the speed back when it was hot and in direct sun when we got up to the top of castle peak which was the halfway point which is so 
crazy that the halfway point is the summit of Castle Peak. It started to get overcast. It wasn't the. It wasn't and about the what time day. was that when you were? I negative split the race, so it Excellent. was nineteen fifty something. I was at the top of Castle Peak at ten and a half hours. Ten and a half hours. So from five, that would be like three, three something. So that would it be. Three yeah, o'clock. it was. It was three know, o'clock. It's afternoon. hot too. Yeah, yeah. But you're high up. You're at yeah. nine thousand ish feet. Mm-hmm. And it's getting a little overcast, and it it's wasn't. pretty technical. I mean, I I climbed Castle Peak a long time ago with my dad, and it's a technical switchbacky up. Well, that's from the the side I came up. Did you come up from a different from the trucky side? We came up from the North Ridge, so we were following this ridge that was going south that hit Castle Peak Summit. Okay, so probably a different. And then uh, we ascent. Des- we descended down into. I guess the soda springs area the, the bowl kind yeah of, that yeah. that part actually compared to the trails in the first half of the race that wasn't as technical most technical was probably that descent into hole in the ground mm-hmm. after after hole in the ground that ridge towards castle peak and even castle peak and the trail down from it that was a lot nicer and a lot more runnable than the stuff earlier on and then everything after castle peak the after the summit was actually very runnable so the second half of that race is a very runnable is a very runnable race you just have to get through the first half and have enough energy to do that second half okay so this is so this is he's still 10 miles out from when i see him because i think it was like 40 or 40 somewhere 42 probably like 46 46 yeah at, at <laughs> So, so John runs 46 miles before I run like 18 miles with him. Yeah, I, I, caught to you, I caught up to you at sunset. And I, you know, so I was at this aid station. So so John said he summited at 3. And I was thinking he'd be there at like. 3.30. Th- yeah, I think 3.30, 4 o'clock. And, but what was interesting, and I'll just comment a little, is uh, the people are not what you would think. Like. When you see uh, an elite marathoner leading a race, you're like, oh, yeah, the guy's elite, you know, runner. But there was guys look totally normal, average Joe-looking guys in the top ten. And, um, yeah, I just kind of – that was something I noticed about this race. And I don't really do ultras or watch ultras, but I just saw, well, these guys are just – there's just different type of person doing these races. I learned – Early on when I did triathlons, man, almost 20 years ago, that I can't judge a racer by how they look. There was a guy, I'd say, he was 20 pounds overweight. He had three or four hours on you. Oh, I, I would, I would the, the phrase, and it's totally on PC, but I learned in triathlon, and this was a phrase that was actually told to me, was never underestimate a fat lady on a bike. <laughs> And I'm, I mean, the, well, the, the, the bottom old, line the is everybody out in the pool also. Can, yeah, exactly. The bottom yeah. line is everybody out doing those things is that's what people should be doing. If it, the last two years taught us anything, don't don't sit around, get out there, get fit, like just get moving. So, so we can spin this positive. Yeah, uh, you and can't judge people at all by how they look. Totally, because uh, I've seen yeah. I've seen people crush it of all body shapes in the water and on the bike and triathlons, running 
a 5K or 10K at a certain pace, then you're starting to look at, okay, a much more, a little more homogenous of a body type. But when you get to the ultra, 50K trail, 50 mile, 100K, definitely the 100 mile world, any body type can do it. The puzzle is just figuring out how your body's going to do it. It's interesting. It's it's that's uh, really it. How how is your body going to do it? So it's it's becomes very personal. What does your body need to complete this stretch of trail? And everybody has. There's going to be a way. You just need to figure out that way. Totally, I I totally agree. It's like, um, so we're at Soda Springs Ski, which is like a downhill place for kids, and I was just there. A couple of weeks ago with my kids and, and another family who was up visiting us. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place to go for, let's say four, maybe three as young as three, I'd say four to eight years old, maybe nine. Uh, they have little downhill, they have tubing. Um, it's very young. It's geared to young kids learning how to ski, uh, great little hill a lot of people kind of partying drinking the this is at the aid station and uh yeah i waited a while for john it was cool see john and uh yeah we head up the mountain that's what my wife would say she spent a long time at aid stations (laughs) waiting for me wasn't here when he said he was going to be here (laughs) and he looked uh, he looked pretty pretty tired uh, oh man well there was uh, 46 miles. A chunk of trail. It was, if if mile 31, 32, was the Castle Peak or coming down from Castle Peak, that's still 14. That's still a half marathon, or more of distance to get to you. So there was this chunk of trail north of Highway 80, and west of Castle Peak, which was beautiful. It was awesome, and I learned it's a very popular mountain bike area. And there's houses in there, and there's dirt roads, and I noticed some of the houses look really nice. Um, very isolated and remote, too. A nice place just to get away from everybody. And it was a beautiful chunk of trail. And the whole time, I'm just thinking in there, man, sun's getting lower and lower and lower, and Andy is waiting. But I have to finish <laughs> this half marathon before I get to him. Gotta hurry up for Andy. Yeah. And then yeah. crossing Highway 80 again. And running down Donner Pass Road, past the, the gas station, the market there, just thinking, where the where the hell is Soda Springs? I know it's around here. And my brain's all foggy and everything. And when I get there, uh, it was it was relief. I was like, okay, this is this is good. It's like we we a huge chunk of the race is behind me, but then very quickly it sunk in. Wait a minute, there's still a large chunk of trail ahead of me. <laughs> You had done you had done the most you'd done all the elevation. I mean there was just a couple thousand left. So if it, we if it was fifteen like the website said, you had probably done twelve by then, I think. It and was, and the distances clearly are interpretive because a lot of people were commenting that was more elevation than advertised and more distance than advertised. I think from Soda Springs to the finish, my guess was probably eighteen miles. I it was it was eighteen miles. Okay. Yeah, both our our GPSs said yeah. it, and like I thought it was like fourteen. According to the website, I thought it was like fourteen or fifteen. And it, the, the thing is, if I were to go run that, you know, fresh, 
that's a very runnable 18 miles because mm-hmm. you're running the cross-country ski trails uh, that are in... It's really nice. Yeah. Um, what's that cross-country ski area? Sugar, uh, Royal Gorge. A Royal Gorge, yeah. And then the last little up and over, that wasn't really... That wasn't steep. It was pretty gentle uh, going up and over back into... Uh, toward, back towards Sugar Bowl and then towards Star Ski Ranch. But I was pretty cranky at that point. And it was dark. We saw the moon set. So for anyone who the- knows... Sorry, John. We're from... Soda Springs ski up and over the hill, and we go out to Point Mariah, and there's a guy there with, with some whiskey. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, John was not drinking. Probably smart. I had a shot of whiskey. It was pretty cool. And there's a swing out there. In I, retrospect, it may have helped me. <laughs> I, uh, Yeah, I was there four or five years ago now when my brother... In the in the winter, we skied out there. So I've been out there. I've been out there in the summer. I've been out there in the winter. And then we did this in the middle of the night with John. Because it was, what time is We watched the yeah. moon set going out to Point Mariah. It was a very, it was a crescentish moon. And it was deep red when and it we, set. And we, <laughs> we almost realized got lost. It was smoky. Because we were, we were following the um, the power lines or, or something that was like telephone poles. Oh, yeah. And we... Almost, almost got lost. Got lost. Didn't, didn't, didn't get lost. Didn't get lost. It was only a couple hundred feet, so yeah. no big, no big deal. Well, when you're 50 miles in, and tired and cranky, that's a bigger deal then. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll draw a little parallel here. People do races to qualify for other races. It's really common, like marathoners. The Holy Grail, or I think, is Boston, right? Which is kind of funny because everyone won't shut up about Boston. And it's like, once you've done it, it's cool. And I really like the race and everything. But runners just will not shut up about it. And it's like the thing they are always working towards. So CIM, which is Sacramento, you do that to do Boston. or California you do, International Marathon. Yeah. You do like a, the Holy Grail for Ultra, I think, would be Western States. Right, John? Yeah, that's probably in, right. in North America, right? It Definitely. It was, it was one of the first. It was the first real 100-mile. What I don't think people are going to say is, oh, do Castle Peak 100 as a qualifier to get in, you know, so you can get a ticket into Western States. Is that right? Um, (laughs) People might sign up for it thinking, ah, this is my qualifier. It's the closest one to me. But then they do it and realize. And this is what John did, right? Is this your qualifier? Well, this sufficed as my qualifier. I had another race I was signed up for that could have been a qualifier, too. Had uh, this one this not worked Quicksilver? out. Quicksilver? Quicksilver. Yep. Yeah, Quicksilver 100K, which I've done before a bunch of times. I know that course inside and out. So it was. I was thinking I wanted to use Castle Peak as my qualifier. Now, Western States, I, it's on my bucket list, but it isn't. I, I would love to do it, but if I didn't do it, I wouldn't feel I missed out on something. I've been out there. I've volunteered i've paced it's it's an amazing race and it's a crazy environment but the the i tell people the only races on my bucket list i've there were two and i've done one one was utmb and the other is comrades and that's in part because of the utmb and that's a 50 miler in south yeah africa utmb the craziness of the course and then comrades the story behind that course there's a lot of history but that's a story for a different day 
Uh, I would like to do comrades. That one's comrades. Fun. I've heard stories. Hey, that can be our goal. Let's do it. Uh, let's figure out. Do you have to qual can... for? I think you just signed up, but there are some people we can talk to though that'll give us the rundown. Uh, uh, Devin, uh, Yanko, and Des Vandergrown. Well, well, awesome. They've both done it. So, and it's a road race, so it's a very different vibe from a trail race. I just, I just pictured comrades from the stories, like them running through the desert, like a big crowd of people. But I, I don't well, know anything about it. <laughs> the, the, the social and historical stories. I listened to a story from, I think it was, it was either Bart Yasso or Amby Burfitt tell about their Yasso. I think it, I heard a comrades. Yasso one. It was a, and it was yeah. in terms of social significance for the 20th century. That story is pretty crazy, but we'll. Said that for it could have been Amby Burfitt. I've heard yeah, he had a, was Amber it a Mario Burfitt. talk? A- no, Amby? it wasn't a Mario talk. It was um I actually can't remember. It was it could have been Trail Runner Nation. Yeah. Uh, I just can't remember. I've heard Bart Yasso is just like <laughs> so positive. The guy's really cool. Um But yeah, getting the qualifier at Castle Peak, that was in my mind as a, a time. Get under twenty hours, and that was a qualifying time. Because I just want to maintain a qualifier because it gives me a, an arbitrary goal to put in my calendar to sign up for a race. That's I think it was 19 easy. hours. No, 20 hours because I was 19.55. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. 20 okay. hours. Because I had 19 in my head. So, yeah, you're right. So, it was it was kind of a little death march for like two or three miles at the end. Well, I, we I did, were not going fast, but it was like we got that 12 <laughs> minute pace felt like I was running a five minute pace. And there was an elevation. Uh, there was a little elevation there. I I've skied that the the thing we've run. Actually, I just skied that like a week and a half ago uh, with my dog Chief, best dog in the world. But um, when you say skied cross country or downhill? Uh, skate skate ski skate ski. Yeah. This is this is Van Norden Meadow. Yeah, uh, for people, and it's kind of like Van Norden Meadow going over to up to Donner. Um, ski ranch so well one of the most maddening things in a race is when you know it's almost over but you don't know how far you have to go because your gps you know is not lined up oh with yeah the mileage of the race you, you are at 63 and a half and you're thinking <laughs> well this is 100k which is 62 and we still went another and, mile <laughs> and you can hear the finish and see the glow of lights mm-hmm. from the finish but because it's night and because you've been going all day, you actually don't know how far away the finish is. Another version of that is if you're above the finish and you're doing a bunch of switchbacks down, you don't know how much distance you have to get to the finish, even though you can see the finish and smell the finish line barbecue. That can be one of the most maddening things at the end of a race. So that's where we were at. We were running this stretch I, I of road. I loved it because all this area we're running in like is places I go skiing. So it's like a little different, but it's the same. I like, like, I, I just thought that was We're I, seeing the the terrain in the a different terrain, season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, and the aid stations were. I mean, I don't. These people are awesome. They're well, just really amazing to do that. I think that's one of the best things about ultras, is the aid station, is a thing unto itself. Each aid station has a unique character. Each aid station is a tent with a table and some food and maybe a medic. But the people that come out there to make it happen and the vibe of each aid station is so different and it's it, it keeps you going. It's so motivational. These people are awesome for being out there. 
road races, triathlons, they don't have that. And that's where an ultra is a 50 or 100K or 100-mile trail party. Or some people say trail buffet. The In every aid station can have a different theme. Some people create a theme for it. Other times the theme just kind of naturally arises. Some aid stations have a full bar. Some aid stations, everybody's dressed up as superheroes. Some aid stations, everybody's dressed up as pirates. Every Sometimes there's bands. Maybe there's blasting music. So, so, John, so, like, if there was, so, if you fast forward, like, 20 years from now, and somebody was like, what was the, what was the one thing that really, you remember from that race, uh, what would you say? I can't say there's one thing. Anytime you say Castle Peak 100K, the whole race flashes before me. Everything from immersing myself in that lake, seeing sunrise, being really cranky out there uh, near Point Mariah, seeing the aid stations at night with the with the, the string lights up and everything, um, running chunks of trail with various people, meeting people, running chunks of trail with people I already knew, just conversations that we've had out there, it all flashes. It all goes through. It's like, it's, it, it's just like a, a trigger that pulls, that opens up a floodgate of memories. So it's in that race in particular, Maybe when I when I came to the finish, I was staring at Peter Peter Fain, the race director, and he he saw me just kind of staring blankly at him, not quite. I didn't know that was the race director. I remember. Yeah, not. Okay. He, I wasn't. It wasn't an angry and stare. And Victor Ballesteros. Was oh yeah, there. Victor Victor was there and, too. And by the way, awesome brand, and I got a free hat out of the whole thing. So. Victory Sport Design. Go support Victory Sport yeah, Design. VictorySportDesign.com. The, the the vast uh, you know viewer or listener uh, group that listens to this podcast. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Hey. So yeah, I was staring at him, just thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just thinking that was a race. I wasn't thinking it was a good race or a bad race or was I pissed off or was I happy to finish? It was all of the above. And he saw me staring at him. He's like, what? And I was like, that course. And a few weeks later, he sent an email out. I didn't even see the email he sent until a few weeks after he sent the email. And he said, the Castle Peak 100K prides itself in being a graduate level race. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is a remote, rugged, sophisticated terrain. And <laughs> there were unanticipated challenges and hurdles for all racers. So the Western States qualifying time for the Castle Peak 100K 2021 has been extended to 21 hours. And I thought, okay, we were running, quote, running, you know, at a full blazing blistering 12 minute pace yep. to get under that 20 hour mark and to after the fact extend the race time or a qualifying time for it was pretty amazing. I can see the Western States board saying something like, "Well, no you said this was the time. This mm-hmm. is the time." Maybe because the Western States Board knows the entire course or there was a connection there or it was clear that it was that brutal based on a finish rate or something like that. I thought that was a very 
interesting email to come from the race director and a very interesting approval from the Western States uh, board of directors. A whole hour. Yeah. I, I, I would think they would, maybe, maybe that was the easiest thing, but, uh, they, they had, they didn't have the distance just right. And there was maybe some changes for whatever reason. And I totally and understand. Smoke. And smoke. Which it, the smoke yeah. didn't bother me. It was so dry. And the dust that gets kicked up, you just scrape it off your teeth. It oh, coats it sounds, your the whole thing sounds miserable. That's the, that was the worst part for me, the <laughs> dust. So maybe going back to what you asked, what would I remember? I'll remember the dust. The dust. Nice. All right. Good uh, Good talk. We went way over time. But uh, I think this is good because uh, this is a historical document. I'm going to uh, save it away. And Hopefully it'll get you more subscribers. Maybe somebody's listening to this uh, a long time after we do it. It is today, January 23rd, 2022. Thanks, Andy.